0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal. Oh,
1: oh, well, it's
0: Just another podcast.
1: Oops, somebody got a text. I heard it.
0: I gotta turn off notification.
1: Turn off notification. Did you just abbreviate notifications? <laughs> yeah, but how do you make At it ish? plural <laughs> notifications? <laughs> I don't think that's a word you abbreviate. Notification. Notifications.
0: Alright. Let there be light. I turned on my lamp.
1: So, so well, Connor, your schedule is full, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I'm jammed, man. Jammed. Are you so you guys are still having liturgies?
1: Yeah, we're still celebrating masses. Why did celebrate no, mass today.
0: No restrictions whatsoever.
1: We have dispensation from the Sunday obligation, and mm-hmm. in in, yep, oh. in the oh. Arch Atl, because we care about the Eucharist. Oh, come on,
0: <laughs> don't don't <laughs> don't feed the trolls. <laughs> hey, they're hungry. They live <laughs> under bridges. Man, this is uh. I don't think anybody knows what to make of it, but I did see a letter from 1918, the Bishop of Baltimore sending out a similar note to the one the Bishop of Seattle and then Sue Pitch and just kind of like, take care everybody, stay home and pray. We'll still, mm-hmm. priests still say Masses privately, but right now we got to be good citizens and help not s- spread this. Get healthy, get better.
2: Get yeah, healthy, it's
0: wild. It's tough is not knowing... Time frames. Um, yeah, I mean you can look mm. at curves and graphs and stuff, but and rest assured, I've been looking at the curves and graphs. I've looked at little else. Have
2: you? Have you? But the, how uh... are the curves and graphs?
0: <clears throat> what um, type
1: of what type of graphs are they? Are you any charts? Pie yeah, charts?
0: There are some charts. They were probably made with some spreadsheets. No um, doubt. Yeah, just the parabolic nature of it all. I mean, it's classic epidemiology. My biochem background is helping me a little bit, reading the news. But it's uh, it's kind of thing. It's like, you know, the time to build a fire truck is not when the fire starts. This kind of seems a little bit where we're at. So we're trying to just kind of get people out of the building Hmm. with what we have. Not to, I really don't want to contribute to any quote unquote hysteria. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. I think that there's plenty of reasons to stay calm. Um, and that this is probably the beginning of something that's going to be more boring than it is scary. That's my opinion. I'm not an expert. Um, and hopefully
1: that's, that's how it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be, well, I don't even want to say, but I, I'm prepared for some sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of reasons to be grateful that we know as much as we do and understand viruses and have electron microscopes and things like that. So we know what's going on somewhat, even if we are vulnerable. Sure. Um, that we have mass communication to be able to communicate to our people. Um, that we have a more or less cooperative society, you know? Mm-hmm. This is, these are all good things. But I do, I do know that 3DN Nation was probably like, "Where are they at? Are they sick? What happened?" So we just had to get on the horn. Sick? No, quarantined.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you are, you're <laughs> quor- quarantine right now, right? <laughs>
0: <What does that laughs> I, mean? I am,
2: I am. Ooh, should I just, should I give folks an update? Is that okay?
0: Yeah. Start. I know I should know this, but start with you were gonna go to Italy, right? Yeah. And this is so a I was focus uh, mission trip
2: chaplain on a focus mission trip um we had students from siue from baylor with missionaries from baylor and from old miss and a missionary from old miss as well and we were going to go over spring break to rome had a great pilgrimage planned there and so when i don't i mean my days are like bizarro right now so to have like an accurate like spot on time frame i don't know but Whenever kind of all it started about a week week and a half before we were supposed to leave, um, and like the concentration was on Italy, it was like okay, like watching it close. We were I was talking to Focus missions, and then the CDC bumped up like the travel advisory to Italy, and they went to like a level one, and then I think they went to like right to a level three, which means no non-essential travel. Um, and so they, I think we were like a week out from when we were supposed to leave they um they canceled the trip to italy and they waited like a few days to kind of see what was going to happen and then anyway that's so we ended up going to to france um over there which there was no like cdc warning and you know i don't really understand most of it but i know they were like monitoring it very very close and and all of that so um anyway so the the group did go that's the story of why we went where we did um but yeah it, it was all just like the travel level stuff um of why we didn't go to italy and switched um so got over there and had it, we went down to lords which the side note that's one of the most ap- amazing places in the entire like in the entire world mm. um, and gosh dang man just also like i i love like that trip was so good for my heart like with those students and like I mean the missionaries were awesome and did a great job in like really really hard circumstances and everything Um, I mean just the fact of getting switched from like you know what's oftentimes like a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip for people like to go over to Rome and see the church in that way and to get told like a week before like hey you can't go and we're going to send you somewhere else that's great but um I was I was just blown away with like the faithfulness and um like how good the hearts were on on that trip. Um just across the board, like certainly the missionaries, but all the students as as well. And um I might like I'm kinda getting emotional even like thinking about it, but like Mary is real, man, and like some of the graces at Lord's were unbelievable. Like just hmm. from this privileged place as the priest on on the trip of, I mean, it was like, I mean, it it like moved me deeply it, to be able to just kind of, yeah, like especially just a couple of the the people on the trip to kind of walk with them through some stuff and then see the Blessed Mother respond and, um, yeah, like really really good. Um, but anyway, long story short, we get back to Paris. We were going to go to the zoo, as as well. Like everything, you know, kind of was looking okay, and all of a sudden, it, I kind of started to like, I wasn't following it too closely, Um, just because I think, I mean, Focus Missions is a good organization, and competent and everything like that, Um but they, and so I was just, you know, like, I'm sure we would hear from any, anything from them, but when they started canceling, like, the big basketball tournaments, mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, this is, like, like, that's kind of worrisome, just because, I don't know how else to say it, but, like, when you start to see stuff that is affecting, like, that much money, like, to me, that's when it says, like, this isn't a political... Not that I thought it was a political thing before or anything like that, but, like, hey, this is kind of something different now, you know? And, anyway, long story short, we were in bed, because it was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. But when President Trump came on and um, did the travel restrictions like that, Apparently, I haven't watched it all still, but it, w- it definitely seemed like he said he was shutting down travel from Europe, like period. Uh-huh. And so my phone like blew up, rightfully so, and got right a hold. Like, I mean, I couldn't have talked to Focus Missions like 20 minutes after that. And they were already working on flights for us. And they called and said, hey, get everybody up and like get them to the airport and we'll get you on flights today. Um, and I don't even know if they knew like where in the United States, they were just going to get us to the United States to give everybody back. And it was probably an hour later they, um, they called and said, Hey, it doesn't apply to American citizens. And they kind of laid out the reasonings and it's, you know, it was, um, it was kind of like, just kind of hold, hold the course there. And like, you'll get, you'll get home and everything like that. So. Try to be very conscious that, I mean, we did like what we could and the students were great. Again, the missionaries did an outstanding, outstanding job, um, keeping everybody calm and, uh, like safe and hydrated and everything like that. And, um, ended up, we got back, uh, safely on, yeah, like Saturday and everybody, like everybody is home and accounted for and, and safe. Like everybody, when we came into the United States, everybody screened, Negative for the coronavirus, and, um, and like we're, we're all back doing a 14 day self quarantine, which applies to all people that have been through Europe at all in the last, um, two weeks. And so that (laughs) includes me now. So I'm hanging in my house, got a lot of good food and a lot of offers from very generous people to, uh, to bring me food. And I'm going to, um, Honestly, I hope we, we can just, you know, pound out like 10 podcasts in the next two weeks <laughs> and my plan for real.
0: Uh, like, now I get why that text was funny when we were discussing times and you said, uh, let me quick check my schedule. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so roughly I have like 20 minutes a day accounted for, uh, in the next two weeks. So whenever you guys want a podcast, <clears throat> um, let me oh, know. Oh, There's that cough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, not funny. Not funny. Too soon. Too soon. Um, (laughs) but no, it is interesting because like, I mean, I just like, I'm a hundred percent, you know, on everything and got to stay in the house. So I'm, I'm literally going to pray and shred. Like those are the two things that I'm going to do because I was so like, it took me, I was so genuinely worried, um, that something else was going to come up when we were there. Um, So pretty much after, like, the travel restrictions happened, it was just everything was amped up of, like, hey, now our job is to get, like, and not that it wasn't before, but kind of our only priority here, I mean, is helping certainly keep everybody calm and help them process, but, like, just getting everybody home safe and, and healthy. And, man, like, when we were first back to the States, like, I... I was like pretty internally, I hope I like stayed calm and everything outwardly, but internally I was pretty, pretty worked up. And so I just needed to like first day back. I just needed to run. And I was like, I, yeah, I just need to like sweat some of this stress out, um, type Mm -hmm. thing. So anyway, so it's just kind of setting in for me, but I agree totally of like, um, like staying calm and, and doing what they tell you, uh, to do is like you just kind of got to write it out now but yeah i think especially after like spending that really privileged time with the blessed mother is if nothing else like the 3dn message is that prayer is real and that it works um like i don't have really a conviction to share anything Besides that, and it doesn't think any way, anything at all away from, like, modern science or modern medicine or prudence or, like, scary situations. Um, but, like, I just feel this deep conviction in my new life as a hermit to, um, <laughs> to like, pray deeply and, and trust in, especially um, the Blessed Mother. So, that's where I'm at on that. That's my story. And I'm just so thankful that all that group is home, like yeah. I'm so deeply thankful um for that, and so starting to feel for for others that are affected by this in in other ways but what was the yes. airport like
0: you, you flew into what O'Hare? or uh flew
2: into j f k to get home yeah that was the and international then from there one. where uh saint louis from uh yeah from new york so and it was um i like it was not crowded. Yeah, it was like, honestly, it felt pretty normal. And I think it was just because um, people were like all Americans were trying to get to get home and everything like that. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, besides a lot of people wearing masks um, and not a lot, I mean, maybe a tenth of the people, you know, that you saw, but more than more than normal. Um, But that actually felt like relatively normal. I've talked to a couple other people that have traveled back from. Um, like Latin America and for what, like, and I don't know the circumstances or, but I've heard those airports were exceptionally crazy. And then I heard O'Hare was really crazy too. So I don't know if we were just like happened to be lucky or, or what, but like, what day did you get back? Uh, got back to the States on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday morning. And, um, yeah, but even like, even the screening was like, it was really, it was really fast, you know, um, and everything They was just they kind just of went, took, your, took your temperature, real took right? your temp and like, you know, you, you filled out a form that said that you haven't had a cough or like so many symptoms and things like that it just said where you had traveled, mm-hmm. traveled from. And then they documented it like with it, your, your temperature mm. and everything, um, like that. And you're supposed to take your temperature and just kind of like monitor if you aren't feeling good in the next, um, couple couple of weeks and everything. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, this wow. is, it's been, it's pretty surreal, it's surreal to <laughs> say I'm quarantined in my own house. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's wild, not, man. it is wild. It is. It's a very, it's a very wild, very wild thing. And right I told now. you
1: this yesterday, but I legitimately would, <laughs> was praying for you a lot and told my family as well. Like father Rob stuck over in France and just yeah. pray for him gosh yep. yeah thank you yeah i had a
2: lot of lot of good prayer warriors
1: well like you said unprecedented never does never happened before especially not in modern times where you have the quick dissemination of information but also right. the massive dissemination of uh an international pandemic yeah you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. that's so wild i mean i can there's a website that like Daily, I'm tracking number of cases just to try and Same. see how Is quickly it it's going. The Worldometer one. Worldometer, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd, like, I'd have to it has like it the curve
0: of what uh, that was the chart and graph I was talking about.
1: Oh no, mine's like a map and it has <laughs> large red like red blips. dots. Yeah, yeah. But but even that's crazy how quickly we can know and consolidate information like this internationally. Mm-hmm. It just i don't know never seen anything like it
2: yeah
0: no that was one of the things that was weird i went and saw my parents last night and um i knew the answer to this before i asked it but i just asked my dad who's 65 like have have you lived through anything like this ever and he's like no never he's very deadpan like not worried he's <laughs> my mom was like every every person needs a rich in their life <laughs> she said like she's running around the house panicking about <laughs> food and toilet paper and she goes into the tv room and he, he gave up tv for lunch so he's just sitting there laying on his back reading a book pursing his lips because <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, so that is funny
0: yeah uh, hmm.
1: so what what's your timeline been like connor
0: oh gosh what has my timeline been like um I was supposed to go on a mission trip to Honduras, uh, the end of this week, which is now not happening. Um, that didn't get called off until Friday, I think, even after March Madness was canceled. Um, I think, I feel like last Wednesday was when things started to get pretty real. Um, and they were talking about having March Madness with no fans in the stands. And, uh, I think Seattle had said no public masses and, uh, then I really started looking into it and reading and listening to podcasts and stuff about from experts that, are, you know, like have been saying stuff about this for years that we're vulnerable to this, but nobody will listen. Uh, so going back and doing some listening on that and thinking to myself, uh, I'm not going to Honduras. I'm not, uh, a lot of things that we think are just normal are not going to be normal anymore, at least for a little while. Um. And I started getting communiques from the archdiocese about masses canceled. Uh, Starting Saturday night, I had a quince to do still, Saturday afternoon, which technically followed the rules, uh, the letter of the law. And I was like, are we still doing this? And the pastor at the parish where it was at was like, I think people are overreacting. And I'm like, oh, God. All right, I'll do this quince. And, of course, it was this big big mass and it was nice and everything. And, uh, I know the family pretty well. So I was, I was glad it got to happen. But at the same time I was feeling like it's time to, it's time to listen and do what they tell you to do. Yep. Cause yep. these things, like you said, Rob, it's not it like cease being anything political. Like at first it seemed like my honest, uh, assessment was like, I don't know which, side I'm supposed to be on like you know it's kind of like if you're pro-life you probably don't take the environment as seriously you know like these weird sorting of political views that we have depending on like the parties uh these issues that seem unrelated then you just get like grouped into a tribe and I my first assessment was like okay it's hard to tell what information to believe because uh there could be an agenda behind it like with everything else You know, that the issue is not actually the issue, whether or not coronavirus is a real real problem. Uh, And is this to make people look bad or to make people look good or whatever? And um, and then when like just everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you're on and what state you're in charge of, starts like really telling people, like, don't go to bars on St. Patrick's Day and things like that and getting tests out there. And um, then I started to feel like, okay, this is kind of like 9-11-ish, you know, where this is just a thing that now people aren't really arguing about unimportant things. It's more like, hey, let's stay calm, do what we can, um, but take this really, really seriously. Um, and I just read this past year uh, for a book club, a book on the 1918 influenza, Spanish flu. Oh, yeah. Which, not to bore you, but it's called the Spanish flu because it happened during World War I and Spain was a neutral power and it was... It, I think it started in Kansas, that patient zero was in Kansas somewhere, uh, or at least that that's where it spread out from. Was it, There was an army base there, and then the guys, like, caught it, but a lot of them recovered, and it started out pretty mild that first flu season, and then they went out from there, and then, the you know, the war, the U.S. got involved in the war and went over to Europe, and it quickly spread all over the world. But only in Spain was it really reported on because they – they didn't have as much control over the news or like an agenda to try to keep people positive during wartime. Like they didn't want to report a lot of bad news. People dying of the flu, hmm. but in Spain they did. So they're like, Oh, Spain's having a real flu problem, but everybody was, but only they were talking about it. Interesting. And, uh, then it kind of calmed down over the summer because of the heat and everything. But then that following winter of 1918 was a real disaster. Um, hmm. So that was helpful for me to have read to just kind of be like, that's the last time that something like this about a hundred years ago. And they say, it's, I don't know what the schedule is on these pandemics, but, um, I think a hundred years is, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen. We could get hit by an asteroid, Yellowstone's volcano could explode. A pandemic can happen. These things just kind of remind you. I, I preached on Sunday about, my, uh, the homily that I, podcasted even though it wasn't a public mass about julian of norwich um which by the way i'm gonna i told rob this before but i'm gonna cast daily mass my private mass just so that if people want to listen it could be like going to mass I and mean, there's lots of places where you can live watch live cast mass but yeah. uh especially for chicagoans or people that where the public masses are suspended um, but my sunday homily I looked into Julian of Norwich because there's that quote, all shall be well, you know, all manner Mm. of things shall be well. Her life, she lived in this city of Norwich in England in the 13 and 1400s. And she was six years old when the Black Plague came through Mm. and killed half the people um, and then continued to come back, you know, because they didn't really have a, there was never a vaccine for it or anything. So um, people didn't understand how it got spread so much except that you don't be around it because you can catch it um and there was also a lot of civil unrest and religious conflict and people being burned at the stake and a real tumultuous time uh and she was an anchoress who even some um some scholars think that she might have been a mother because her spiritual writings was like a lot of maternal stuff that she might have been a mother and then her children died of the plague and then she became a, a nun after that uh it's not explicitly said in any of her writings, but it's possible. Um, but in any case, certainly not a stranger to disaster, catastrophe, sadness, but she received on her own deathbed when she was 30, she recovered, but she got last rites cause she was deeply sick. And the, cr- the cross that the priest held over her, um, while he was doing her last rites started to bleed. She could see blood coming from the wounds and Jesus appeared to her and, gave her several revelations that she wrote down later. And then that became her spiritual writings. And one of them was Jesus saying, all shall be well, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Uh, And it's, it was this feeling of not uh, world hatred or like that all shall be well because this world is sucky and everything's going to pot and we don't have to worry because we're just going to get Taken off to heaven anyway, so let's just grit and bear through all this suffering. But rather, a love of the world um, that the suffering in it led you to detach from the the things themselves, but the but instead to the love beyond and be, behind the world that hang was on, present.
2: Hang on, say that again. Sorry.
0: So like, well, I I referenced T. S. Eliot who quotes that you know in the Little Getting, All oh, Shall okay. be well. And he talks about the three hedges of attachment detachment and indifference and indifference lands between the two hedges and it's it's this dead bush whereas attachment love of the world the self people places and things uh can either lead to indifference or detachment indifference being well i love these things i love these people i love myself but all of it just kind of goes away and disappears and when I put my love into the things of the world they ultimately disappoint me so then I just become kind of depressed des- desperate sad indifferent um I let my desire for things shrink because the things I love and want don't satisfy he says to skip you have to skip over that hedge to get to detachment which is not an, a lessening of your love but an expanding of your love so, mm. it lets your your love of the things the world you know and so i'm I'm just thinking of what's going on right now, and people will likely and have throughout the world lost people that they love to this virus um and you could easily fall into like a ugh the world is the world is ending as we know it, and you know to give in to that sort of despair, you know yeah rather than let your love um because I mean, in my own life, these these places where I've gone as a priest, especially to the margins, to the, the edges of of human existence—the jail, the hospital, uh, the funeral home, etc.—the miscarried baby, and all this, the the deep sadnesses that come from putting your hope and your 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 love in the in the things of the world, good things, you know, family, people. Um, like the we've been talking about this a lot but the way into to true detachment or, or or love of god is not through a rejection of the world but a a love of the world for the sake of something beyond the world you know that gives the world meaning so it's through it's through your love of your family through the love of your country that you understand what love is and and what it what attachment means so that you can be attached not so much to those things but to the love that gives those things their value you mm-hmm. know which is god's love and that is why julian can say all shall be well because that love endures no matter what and she is on her deathbed and jesus is bleeding and like all's going to be fine because the, the divine compassion is it, it bends down especially to the dying and to the suffering and to the desperate you know hmm Does that make sense? That's beautiful, man.
1: Um, Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a real
1: temptation to, you know, it's like, well, what if I do put my hope in anything of this world? Then eventually it is going to go and it is going to cause pain and hurt. And, you know, like, can I place my hope in my family and anything that's temporal? Because it's going to end up it's going to end up deteriorating and it is going to end up hurting and causing pain and difficulty and will die. But I think the temptation is to say, well, because it is, because it does have the power to hurt me, I'm going to go on and reject it now. And in an act of almost like a type of protection, you know, and, and I think that's where you get that. I don't know what you would call it. Like, not a false piety, but where it's like, no, I don't care about anything of the world that I'm going to try to transcend it and only love God. And it's like, well, um, you know, we're meant to love the Lord in and through the things that he places in front of us. Um, and, and it's okay. Even if those things do end up hurting us a little bit, even big time, you know, you love your family and your family dies or lets you down. Doesn't mean you weren't supposed to love your family, but it's a real temptation to like not hope in any of those things, um, in in an effort to protect yourself. But
0: I read Epictetus in high school as this stoic philosopher from, uh, Mm -hmm. he might've been a pre-Socratic, but, uh, the line that always stuck with me was you should think of your wife as a clay pot, that if you knocked it over and it broke, it's the same thing as your wife dying. Like you're not going to cry over, breaking a piece of pottery so all the things all the relationships in your life like the way to stay happy is to not love them too much which to me is the opposite of what we're saying that's that's indifference you know it's a way of staying out of the depths of the cross and holy saturday and the tomb and all that but you don't get to resurrection that way yeah yeah
1: Yeah, and it's just because something hurts real bad and does cause pain and, and suffering and difficulty doesn't mean that it's not without God's presence or doesn't mean that it's also outside of the providence of God. Um, yeah. Ma- meaning it's okay to love things and, and to be sad when they are gone mm-hmm. and to be hurt when, when you lose those loves. Uh,
0: and frankly, I think not being able to receive communion um could make you want to receive communion even more make you love the eucharist more yeah Um, yeah dude that's
1: no joke yeah that is an incredibly hard thing to ask of the people of god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for real that that's what i preached on this sunday i mean a little bit because you know we we kind of are seeing it coming in atlanta just sooner or later like we're probably gonna um yeah, you know, the CDC just released information saying even gatherings over 50 or more should, should not take place, should be canceled or banned. And, you know, it's tough to have a mass with less than 50 people. And so I, I think it's, it's inevitable, but telling people, you know, Hey, you know, I'm an army chaplain and there are folks overseas who are deployed and, you know, they, they don't have access to priests, not, not even daily, not even weekly, but like monthly, you know, and, and it, it really is, it, it's very, very tough, but it's also possible. Like obviously God's grace is not limited by those things, but man, in modern times, especially here in the United States, we've never had to do anything like this. Even during the great wars, we still had masses going on daily and weekly. And I, I've never heard of a time in the United States where we've asked people to abstain from coming from to mass or closed closed churches for weeks. Mm-hmm. Can y'all think of any time in the in the history of the country of Spanish had to do flu? That. They did oh, it in nineteen eighteen. In nineteen eighteen.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I mean I think they kept them open for private prayer, but they didn't have any high masses and really. At least in some cities where it was really bad. Yeah, I heard I mean fifty million people died of Spanish flu. Fifty the
1: world. million? Mm-hmm. I heard that the mortality rate. So it, Wait, it's let interesting. Let check
0: that because I know this is Three Dogs North, but I don't want to be super <laughs> inaccurate.
1: Don't check it. Uh, it's interesting what well, you were talking about with the media when it kind of came to that point where you were like, "Oh, everybody's agreeing on this." Uh,
0: Twenty to fifty million victims.
1: Man, that's wild. The first time that I started taking this seriously, the coronavirus seriously, was actually not. You know, I don't really watch any of the major headline news but listen to a podcast that had come out on i think it was the 10th of March and it was i think Joe Rogan had an epidemiologist on yeah and i was like oh man this is um this is a really big deal and he mentioned mortality rates percentage wise from the spanish flu was like 3 two five or three point five or something like that. And China's been around two percent, but like looking at Italy, Italy's is something like six or seven percent mortality rate from it, which is is there big I mean that's big, big numbers, you know, and Hmm. listening to that was really the first time that I thought okay, time to time to listen. This is time to get to work.
2: Shoot, Biscuit
1: there. Did we just lose him?
2: Yeah, I think so. Do you see his note?
1: Yeah, I saw his note. Shoot.
2: Relax.
0: And we're back. Hey. (laughs) This portion of Three Dogs North is brought to you by Lysol Wipes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man yeah Uh, sorry about that no worries yeah what were you saying um i think we were talking about let me look at my notes coronavirus
1: coronavirus
0: (laughs) was that it
2: is that what we were talking about
1: (laughs) haven't heard of it what is it
0: oh you were saying well i could overhear what you guys were saying you just couldn't hear me but no it's um, important when you started looking at the news and when you started taking it things seriously
1: yeah yeah well and it's also an interesting thing that uh, it wasn't through any of the major media sources that mm-hmm. I, I got any of that sort of credible information. And then my dad spoke to a couple of um, medical professionals and was like, okay, uh, time to take this seriously. So yeah. he's... Oh, you
0: were talking about Joe Rogan too.
1: I was talking about Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a very interesting interview that he has with that guy. Yeah, I thought so too. I think he wrote a book in like 2010 that predicted... Well, at least revealed some of the holes in the current healthcare system that well, and is just also not SARS capable of it. In yeah. two
0: thousand three, SARS happened, which is, was a coronavirus. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So, I, you know, it, it. I guess just to juxtapose, you know what what you're saying as well, Connor, because because I, I mean, obviously, I totally agree with you. It's like all will be well, even if everything does kind of fall apart. You know, there's still in loving the creation you can also in loving creation correctly you can come to love the source of creation and that that, that's that's really true
0: that's kind of what i was trying to say Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that was very well said um (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) you know an image that has also stayed with me is that we had a couple of people you know once public events were being discouraged more and more you know every church has people that come in and in high school in in basketball, you know, people who wouldn't leave the gym, we'd call them gym rats. And they're just like always in there. You can't get rid of them. They're always shooting around and they're always doing well. There's like church rats mm-hmm. and these folks that they just, they live there. They just live and pray with the Lord. And we have a number of them at our parish and it's just incredible to see. And a lot of ways I come in and I feel like, like this is their church. This is their home, you know? We should,
2: we should think of something better to call them.
1: So I know, like, the church yeah. rats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not the most flattering, especially when we're talking about a plague-like disease. How about church spread.
0: sharks? Because I see these sh- shirts now at the gym. Call, it's a gym shark. Gym shark. Church shark is hard to say, though.
1: Yeah, Churchers. gym rat sounds church, better. Church. Churchers. Church. They do. They church. Mm-hmm. No doubt they mm-hmm. church. hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll uh, have to brainstorm about a better nickname than that. Um, but it, it was interesting to see, you know, these crowds of people, they come and they go on weekends and even sometimes in daily mass and, you know, they come and they go. But but then when the news came out um, ab- about large public gatherings being banned and being discouraged, um, that these people, these people churchers uh these church sharks uh they were just unfazed like they just in a lot of ways they were already they're already dead to the world actually a couple of them um because of their circumstances and situations in life like they don't have a ton of hope in in living forever like that's not the thing that inspires them that's not the thing that brings them life um you know i i don't i'm trying not to divulge any information on them but some of them are sick with you know different stuff and and this is where they come to live this is where they come to breathe this is where they come to commune with god and and as this news was was growing and and people were discouraged from coming into public places more and more like they just kept doing they just kept doing their thing because in a lot of ways they're like they're already dead to the world and it reminds me a lot of, obviously, what Paul talks about. But the movie World War Z came to mind.
0: We watched and it the other night. I, I showed it to the missionaries. Yeah.
1: A couple of those scenes. And, I mean, that movie is so cool for a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, the zombies, that sickness, the infestation, it doesn't affect the people who are, in a sense, already dead. Or mm-hmm. are, are already dying, dying of sickness. And just some of those scenes from the movie popped back into my mind like these hordes of zombies that are flooding into jerusalem like scaling on one another's heads to climb over the wall and they they pass right by these sick people So just hordes of thousands of these like infested humans and they the sea just parts around those people that are kind of they're already dead and you know, I I think that's kind of the flip side of the coin is yeah, we love creation, we love life and but also like we're our, we are called in freedom to like we're dead to this world. We die in baptism with Christ to this world as as well. And and there is a real type of freedom in that too, and it was cool to see that embodied in some of my people who like no matter what's coming, even an international pandemic, like They know what they're about Hmm. and they were kind of untouched even by some really difficult news, you know, that they could possibly get sick. They were like, dude, I don't care. This is what I'm about. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm un I'm untouched by this plague. I'm untouched by this pandemic. And that's a great,
2: that's a really great balance because it doesn't, it doesn't set it in competition with anything else going on either. Hmm. Does it You know, like, it's like that living that way doesn't like, I don't know. I just don't hear it. I don't hear in what you're saying, like in them, anything, um, any type of like disdain or like rolling of the eyes either of like precautions or anything like that. Does that make sense?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, those same people, when we said, you know what, Hey guys, we're, we're, Closing all non-essential events, so if you could, right. you can go and pray in your home. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do it. Right. Just like a, a holy indifference to it. So like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go and I, I know what I'm
0: about. Like, you can't touch that. What's the line? I'm trying to think of it right now. Love for life did not deter them from death. Is that what it is? It's in the breviary yeah, it sometimes. Deter- it is in the breviary. It's from the revelation, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Talking about the martyrs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love for life did not deter them from death. Wow. Yeah. Um, Makes me think of uh, Chesterton who said, you know, why the church had always considered suicide so bad and yet martyred him so good. Even though like when you read Ignatius of Antioch, he's just begging people to let him be martyred and it's Mm. almost suicidal. It's like, I want to die. I want to get eaten by the lions. (laughs) Right, don't stop. But it's not that he hates the light it's not that there's nothing in the world worth loving so i might as well just die it's that there's something even more that i love even more than my life Hmm. and so i will not my let my love for life deter me from death right it's not that i hate my life i love my life but i love something else even more
1: right yeah
0: um hey i don't have to go
1: immediately but my pastor just texted me and we have a we have a staff meeting I think he mm-hmm. just got off a call with the bishop at th- mm-hmm. I'll have to leave in like ten minutes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well hopefully we'll have this solved by then. Just a yeah. heads up. <laughs> yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah, so Rob, when you were in France, uh really, at least in, in in my world, things started unfolding on Thursday. And Yes. In my world too. Yeah. Yeah. Dominoes. It, they just fell like dominoes after that. So I think Wednesday maybe was NCAA's, and then maybe even Thursday. But then by Friday, like everything had already been canceled for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happened in a hurry.
2: It did. It did. Yeah. No, it was a it was an interesting, um, you know, combination in in the experience of like, yeah, what we've been talking. Um, about here and just yeah it's just this combination of that I don't don't have words on it yet I mean a lot of processing left to do or even like I was telling Mike Connor when we were reconnecting there that I feel like I'm like three days behind you guys on like reading you know what I mean like I'm just Mm -hmm. my focus has been like okay we need to get this group home safe and healthy that's been it. you know in it um but I don't know. There's something um, to that, Mike. I mean, I like that line a lot. What did you say? Like the the love of love of creation will lead you to like the creator. What? How did you say that?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I that's um, and even in something, something like this, there's just a sadness to it. And I think I'm still kind of jarred from the experience as as well. Um, but I was thinking as you guys were talking about all that, uh, Peter Craft has this great line. Um, And he describes Jesus as the tears of God. He calls Jesus the tears of God of like coming to be um, like with you. And it's, but it's like, it's only through that, that you understand and can know like the power of God, um, like through his person. Um, And so I don't know, I, I, I have a lot of processing to articulate it, but I'm telling you, man, like this experience was like, yeah, absolutely. Like we need to take these very seriously, and, like, yeah, um, just, we need to science the heck out of this, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know how else to say, I know, I quoted the Martian (laughs) there, but, uh, and, like, bring it, like, bring all the science, like, I want all the science, um, and, like, I just, yeah, I, I'm just, like, convicted of, um, nope, like, the, the person of, of Jesus is is like here both here and um in control and besides like just kind of a like a massive pull in my heart to say that I don't really I don't really know what's going on there yet underneath that maybe we can have follow-up um like follow-up on it um does that make any sense or maybe just Mm -hmm. throwing it out there
0: yeah and I one of the things I've been thinking about too I read an article today about the time of the virus and how the church has lived through a lot of pestilences and there's a lot of them in the Bible. Like after David does the census, he chooses the pestilence. Uh, This is not, we are, the people of God are not unfamiliar. If you take them as a whole throughout history with praying to God about stuff like this. Yeah. But I think of the intention in the breviary and either morning or evening prayer, that's about praying for good weather. So there may be food enough for all. Yeah. And how that's the one the one prayer in the entire breaver that's optional. And that's like, or you can just pray for uh deliver our nation from evil or something like that. Yeah. And I just feel like the way like our form of Christianity and worship and prayer has been formed by a certain detachment from the normal human experience. And mm-hmm. I've talked about this a lot. Um ad nauseum. Uh but connection to reality and the fact that this is this is something that does happen and has happened a lot right and that as christians we we have things that we do and pray and say in response to these things um, doesn't make them any it doesn't make them magically go away mm-hmm. our, our religion is not magic but it yeah. is it is very much connected to real human experience that's
2: it man like that's it but the experience of that in it's like it is jarring you know, in in new experiences of um of that. Of just um like I wanna be careful how I word this. Like I said, I don't wanna like miss like I I I don't want to misspeak, nor do I want to sound like overly dramatic in any way. Um but I mean literally like we were, you know, I mean just in like yeah an abundance of, of caution and everything. And like not even not even like life and death for the group just because of the ages. Like that wasn't the concern. It was just kind of getting them home without like major like head ups, headaches or setbacks and things like that. So I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but just like, I mean, the last two nights in Paris, just like going around and I would just, I took Lord's holy water and like, I would just bless like each one of the people on, on the trip. Um, and it was so it was kind of like maybe maybe like what's coming out in me is like yeah like bring it science like please please show up here um but like the church needs to show up too you know in that and not in competition um but just like there's something like science well yeah but you you know what I'm saying though no, like, I, know. I know like totally that not. aspect has to be there for this to be a human experience, right, like in all of the the seriousness of it,
0: yeah yeah absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah science has a part to play, obviously, History. but it's it's also doesn't have the final say of mm-hmm. it like yeah, and i th- I think that's a question. That a lot of dioceses are asking and we're probably about to ask the same thing is, okay, so what does it look like that God's love is present in this moment mm-hmm. as yeah. as the extension of the body of Christ here? Because it's real, you know, um, but how do we do it exercising proper precaution and, um, you know, what? how are we good citizens? Like what does the common good look like here? And, and I, I think do... for
2: me, it feels like it's just kind of this notion. I know I'm like part of it too, but it's like, yeah, like what does that what does that look like? And just kind of re- maybe realizing like how important it is that we do show up. You know, I thought I just like the the sign that kind of popped into my head. Is, have you ever watched the old movie? I think it's like, uh, uh, man, it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm pretty sure, like thirteen days or something, and it was. There's a scene I'm thinking of, and people think, like, this, in a sense, this kind of endgame war is coming. And one of the most moving scenes in it is that they they open up the churches for confession, like, in the middle of the night. And there's, like, lines out into the street to come to confession. And right. it was just, again, not, not to say, like, we do that now, but it's like, wow, like, yeah, the church showed up there, you yeah. know? And, and right, like maybe it, maybe it's just a calm voice here saying like, no, hey, like we're going to like catechize about what a spiritual communion is and like just be kind of good citizens and be part of the solution to make, making this not worse. But it's just like a deep desire and prayer that we can do that. Well, maybe that's what I'm feeling.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's like Mr. Rogers said, in times of crisis, look for the helpers. Yep. Mm. There's always people that help. That's, that was his way of being optimistic about humanity. Mm. When things really go bad, there's always people that go above and beyond. Yeah. You know, yeah. The Maximilian Colbys and stuff, par excellence, but just in general. Yeah. Well, we'll see.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We will. It is odd but cool to see how um, big crises like this, you know, it, it does bring out the best in people. It can bring mm-hmm. out the worst, but you just see some amazing stuff and um yeah, we'll see what happens with it.
0: Yeah, not a huge fan of people buying out all the hand sanitizer and selling it at a premium. That's that's,
2: that's not, maybe not the that's maybe not the best of humanity. That's <laughs> not the best
1: of humanity coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like that too much. Yeah. Yeah, was that you, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> If so, could you just mail me some? <laughs> if the price is right, it's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of TP a long time ago. <laughs> Been using Leafs. All right. Hey, I got to go to a staff meeting. All right. Uh, staff. Hey, let's get disease. a
2: string of text matches going and podcast like later today, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah
1: two a <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, two sorry, days. Yeah. Sorry, I got a dart. I. Yeah. Well, hold on. Are you are you done recording?
0: I can, I can be. More yeah, TV. I
1: can be. Three dogs
2: north are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary. It may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Down below, I don't see their last second curve toward a horizontal flight. All these birds just falling. From the Thank you, Doug. Ducks.
1: Good girl.